Hello and welcome everybody to the fifth podcast in our Reflow series broadcast to you from Parkhuis de Zwijger, the independent platform for urban innovation in Amsterdam. Uh, Reflow is a European project on co-creating circular and regenerative cities and is part of the Horizon 2020 program. The project seeks to understand and transform material flows in cities and help businesses, governments, citizens to create a resilient circular economy. In this podcast series, frontrunners in different areas share their lessons. My name is Thomas van der Zand, and our guest today is Esther Goodwin-Brown. She is the lead of the Circular Jobs Initiative at Circle Economy. And with her partners in the United Nations Environmental Program, she has just launched an analysis of the number of jobs that are involved in circular economy activities in 148 cities from across the globe. So welcome, Esther. Happy to speak to you. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, so you you just launched this uh, um, this this uh, research. So how was the launch? It was great. Um, it was fantastic to finally get these insights out there because this is this launch was actually the culmination of uh, around three work years that we've been working with the cities unit, the United Nations Environment Program, on this question of how can we engage local decision makers in how the circular economy translates into jobs. So we've already had a lot of interest, which is great to see. And we're looking forward to building on that. So it, it was a three years collaboration. And uh, can you elaborate a little bit on the results as well? Yes. So we, um, as you said, analyzed the number of jobs that contribute to circular economy activities in uh, 148 cities across the world. And as this is using a methodology which we have co-developed with the United Nations Environment Programme. So we have one um, method that we use together. And what we see is obviously a huge breadth um, and range of jobs in different cities around the world. But there are a, a sort of a couple of trends. Um, so focusing on Europe, we see that there are a lot of what we call enabling circular jobs. So these are jobs that, in, that are involved in circular economy strategies that help to accelerate or upscale sort of the core of the circular economy, which people are sometimes more typically um, aware of. So recycling activities, repair, uh, production of renewable energy. Um, whereas in other cities and other regions of the world, we see a much more of a focus on jobs, those core jobs. So, for example, um, a lot of jobs in repair and maintenance in the city of Mumbai and also Accra in Ghana. Okay, yeah, that's that's great. And just to take a step back, because uh, I very shortly introduced you as uh, uh, being the lead of the Circular Jobs Initiative at Circular Economy. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is as well? Yes, yeah, so Circular Economy, we are an impact organization also based in Amsterdam. Um, and our entire team is focused on how we can help businesses and governments to put the circular economy into action. So we work a lot with data and frameworks and digital tools to try and break down the complexities around the circular economy and help decision makers to understand how different circular economy strategies can help them in working towards the different social, environmental or economic goals that they might have. Yeah. And the Circular Jobs Initiative is a program within Circular Economy, and it's specifically focused on employment and education for the circular economy. So this is based on the fact that we know that people and their skills are an essential lever 
for transforming our economy from linear to circular. And if we want to promote and safeguard their jobs, we need to be really consciously designing this into new strategies, new policies and interventions. Yes. And so um, what does it say to you that there is this big difference in the kind or, or the two kind of uh, circular jobs, like the more enabling jobs? And then on the other hand, the people who are really working in this, uh, this industry of recycling? Yeah, so we actually um, distinguish between three types of circular jobs. We take an, an even broader definition to try and really understand the breadth of activity that contributes to a circular economy. So, yeah, well, you've rightly said that we have these core circular jobs that are directly involved in closing material cycles. So, as I said, those more traditional production of renewable, uh, renewable energy, repair and waste management, and then the enabling ones in design and digital technology, um, in uh, education that help to s scale those up within a city or a country as a whole. But then we also think about jobs that are indirectly contributing to these activities by using those products and services. Yes. So also and, what and, type and, of work comes out through other sectors across the city as well. Yeah. And can you give a couple of examples of those indirect circular jobs? Yes. Yeah, so this could be... Um, within public services the, where they're using renewable energy or waste management practices, employment is generated by the use of those products and services indirectly. Um, an example of an enabling job could be a demand planner that's working uh, for a company that has a refurbishment business model to help them see uh, how materials are coming into their supply chain and create a steady supply. And we've also already talked about the core jobs in repair and maintenance and the production of renewable energy. And would you say that there are any cities that have the core jobs, the enabling jobs and the indirect circular jobs uh, in one city? Every job will have um, a range. It just depends on the, the nature of the city and their emphasis. Very often we see the major cities, the larger cities where there are a big hub for commerce and industry are more likely to have a, a lot of enabling jobs because of these the fact that design jobs, roles in, in digital technology are, are um, often located in these capital cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so um, have you also have a look at, uh, had a look at how this will change over time, how this is going to change from now until like 10 years in the future? Uh, we have. Um, what, what the Circular Jobs Monitor, where we released this new data um, with UNEP last week, um, where that's displayed, that currently shows uh, a benchmark of current circular economy activity. So how many jobs are currently contributing to the circular economy in different cities. And if we collect this data on a regular basis, we can indeed show progress over time. And what we're doing in a project this year, um, focus on the on the national level in Scotland is how we can use this methodology and this framework to develop scenarios for what those jobs look like um, over time, but also connecting that to material flows and emissions. And can you put some numbers on it as well? Uh, we haven't done the analysis yet, but we will be putting numbers on it when we when we conduct it. And uh, how would you say our city officials and uh, um, uh, mayors and uh, aldermen 
involved in uh, really helping facilitating these new jobs in the circular economy in those cities that you've been investigating? Um, I think cities can play a very big role as um, procurers of services to really stimulate uh, appetite and demand for circular products and services within their cities, um, supporting this by channeling subsidies towards those sectors and areas where they would like to see those services developed, um, and then also engaging with the local education providers, the local businesses that can be a real catalyst for developing the skills that we need in order to facilitate those jobs and people to take up those jobs as well as they become available. And have you seen a lot of interest from the cities that you've been uh, researching? Definitely. I think framing the circular economy around jobs and people is something that everyone can relate to. We know that employment is always top of the agenda for any uh, government official. And so we see that really this is often a light bulb moment if we're able to connect this big topic of circularity or what is often is associated with recycling to actually this range of jobs that you get across different sectors. Um, it's something that we can all relate to and it's a really good way of bringing not just uh, the environmental department but also the other stakeholders in the city that need to be involved around the table. Okay, and um, it, what kind of result uh, is uh, has actually surprised you the most? Um, I think we're surprised to see the yeah the the range of activity and numbers of jobs within countries and even with within regions. Um, you, as I said, some of these major cities that are hubs for commerce, we see similar patterns in terms of large enabling digital and design sectors but actually we see that there's a, a lot of difference within countries and within regions um, of where the emphasis is and this also is maybe data that the cities aren't used to seeing so for example in Mexico City we found that agriculture was actually creating a lot of circular jobs which you might think is quite strange for a capital city but actually when you can see this data and then you take into account that it's a large city where, where business is flowing through it all of the time. They actually have a, a role to play in facilitating how the agricultural sector develops as well. Yeah. And is there, so uh, the, the kind of jobs that, that are there or that are created are very different in different cities, but is there are there general rules or general tips that you could give to city governments in general? In terms of facilitating yes. these jobs? Yes. Well, by and large, it's about trying to make sure that the circular economy is mainstreamed. So these circular economy activities are not just happening you know, within those core, within waste management, within a subset of sectors, but actually it's something that is happening across the board. So that's really about encouraging interaction between different industries, different sectors, different companies. Um, so like taking, for example, these indirectly circular jobs that are created when the products, the circular products or services are used by different industries, that's one way to do it. So the, the city government could kind of act like, as a broker between uh, the, the industries in the city. Yes, indeed. 
Okay, very, very nice. And um, so I was also wondering uh, what kind of, about the kind of circular jobs that we're having. So you mentioned a few, but what kind of jobs will be entirely new, something that we haven't had before? So we will see some entirely new jobs, but it's also worth mentioning that by and large, we're seeing it's a shift in employment and a shift in the emphasis of people's roles and the combinations of their skills. Um, but a couple of examples of some newer roles that are quite unique to circular economy business models is um, so the demand planner who needs to think is basically looking at their supply chain is working in a business model that where they are taking back in materials and re refurbishing um, old equipment in order to be um, made ready to use again and resold out into the market. And so this is, for example, in like a construction company or something like that. This we would see more in manufacturing. Um, and then another new newer role is something that a, a role description that's actually being developed by a European project at the moment called an industrial symbiosis facilitator. Which sounds, I, I really like that. Yeah, it sounds quite grand, but it's yeah based on the industrial symbiosis. So different companies and businesses uh, using the byproducts of one another as their inputs. Um, and this industrial symbiosis facilitator would be someone that would sit potentially across a few companies within a particular sector and would be able to spot where are these synergies or these op opportunities for symbiosis and then helps to streamline that. They might work with the demand planner, for example. Yes, and these are very um, more uh, theoretical or planning kind of uh, jobs. Uh, do you also have an example of a new job on the ground? Yes, well, an example from the construction sector, as you mentioned it, is um, the urban miner or material scout. And these roles are already popping up a little bit. There's um, quite a lot of uh, presence of them in the Netherlands, for example, but they are fairly new. So that's specifically focusing on construction and locating buildings that are going to be demolished or partly demolished and locating materials within those buildings, ideally whole fixtures and units that can be retrieved from the building and, and used in others and reused. Yeah. And I also mentioned a lot of uh, the time we're not really looking at entirely new jobs, but we're looking at the shift in skills and uh, a shift in the way jobs are being fulfilled. Um, do you also have a few examples of those shifts? Shifts in skills. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I mean, um, an interesting example and one that you wouldn't normally link because often we go to these quite traditional on the ground jobs when we think about the circular economy is in marketing and sales. So instead of being um, a role profile being very focused on you know, one directional sales, um, marketing to one set of customers and, and that being it, we can think about in the circular economy, that person now has to have a much broader understanding of the product cycle, where it sits in its system. If it's a product that's going to be um, leased rather than sold. That's a very different approach that you would take. And it also requires you to tell more of a story about where that product has come from, where it's going and how it's going to come back into the system. 
So you can see this example. Um, this is the case for lots of different examples where you are actually requiring a much broader systemic view um, and less about one directional sales or production. Yes. And how about the marketing and communications for those companies that are not based on growth anymore? Yeah, indeed. That's an entirely different mindset. And I think this shift in mindset is something that is going to be a big challenge across all areas of companies and all different types of companies. It's a new way of doing business. It's a new way of thinking about value. It's also a new thing for consumers, how to assign a different kind of value to something that has a second life, third life. Yeah. And so so we're often talking about these these T-shaped skills uh, as a future skill set for the 21st century workforce. Can you uh, explain what, what those are? And can you also uh, tell what kind of horizontal and vertical skills uh, you see that are needed in the circular economy? Yes. So the, the T-shaped skills approach is based on the idea that in a circular economy, it's very much more an emphasis on collaboration and as I said understanding the system not just uh, your line of work or the process you're working on but uh, that of the person next to you of the neighboring company or even a related industry so it says that we will still require you know a deep specialism in our particular area but actually that and that's the the vertical axis but actually then on the horizontal axis, what we need are transferable skills that allow um, an individual to collaborate better with other departments, sectors, industries, um, to spot opportunities, to problem solve in this way. So these are the, and we also include things like, you know, communication, interpersonal skills that really allow that collaboration to happen at a higher level. So we have the quite context specific specialism um, and then the more transversal skills on the horizontal axis. Yes. And how would you say that these kind of skills are now transforming jobs? Can you give an example of that as well? Yes. So um, an example is, so an engineer, you might previously have recruited them to to build or and maintain a very specific piece of machinery and that, that that role um, and that expertise would be very, very specialised uh, around the materials and the uh, the dynamics and the tensions used in that product. And actually what we're seeing is as technology advances and more and more products are able to be built using secondary materials, which won't necessarily always have a, um, a predictable or entirely predictable set of tensions or compositions, these engineers, these product designers, the technicians working with them will need to understand um, a much broader range of processes, products, materials, and also have the connections and ability to reach out to other departments and other companies and other industries to fact find and find out what they need to know in order to uh, build products um, that are reliable from these secondary materials. 
So, and, and how do you think that we should provide people with these skills that are needed in the jobs for the future? Because we see that, uh, for example, universities, uh, more and more of them are developing sustainability and circularity programs uh, for, for business studies, for design studies. Uh, but uh, what about people that are already on the job market? How do we give them the skills they need? I think here vocational training has a big role to play and it's maybe been somewhat overlooked um, compared to, as you say, all these uh, programs popping up within universities around circular economy. But it already, vocational training already plays a massive role in upskilling people in work, in technical vocational training, and then also um, training people in vocational disciplines through through initial training as well and through the modular courses that technical um, vocational training institutions can provide this is a huge opportunity because it means you can top up skills on very specific areas it also means that you can mix and match different modules because as we say is it's going to be quite context specific these skills that people are going to need to develop and so if you're able to mix and match in quite a dynamic way and top up your skills, this is something that vocational training can offer. Yes. And uh, what kind of uh, inspiring examples of uh, vocational training do you see? So I gave the example of the, the uh, industrial symbiosis facilitator. Yes. Um, so which is a really nice one. And alongside developing that role, uh, the A training program is being developed for those and then looking at how does that slot onto um, existing curricula and likewise looking at how particularly training for energy intensive industries can be developed and how that can be integrated into both operational roles but also managerial roles and the different types of skills that are needed in order to engage um, energy intensive industries and industrial symbiosis on that really systematic level. Okay, and coming back to uh, to your research on the on the jobs in the different cities across the globe, um, what can we learn from that in a broader way, and what would be the next steps that you want to take with this research? Mm -hmm. I think we can learn from the fact that different cities and different countries around the world will have different strengths when it comes to the circular economy. They have different natural resources, different ge geographical locations, different um, dominant industries. Um, and so there'll be different sorts of opportunities that can be built on, um, but also different cities that can learn from each other. And so one of the next steps that we're taking with our partners at UNEP is to really think about how we use these uh, insights that we've created on the one hand, to bring in other, bring in with other indicators that will help us to develop an even more richer picture for city stakeholders that want to get a grasp of the circular economy, but also how we can facilitate different cities to learn from each other, to compare and contrast, and also to um, then move towards developing uh, more accessible strategies for those cities to, to use to develop their own roadmaps based on the insights that we're producing. Yeah, so which cities would you really like to put together in this? Well, I think it's hard 
it's hard to compare cities um, before you've started engaging and understanding exactly what do they want to learn from each other. So I think that's one of the, the next steps is to bring these cities together to say, if you are wanting to learn from X city or you're wanting to develop your own circular strategy as alongside these insights that we can give you, what, what are the, the recipes and the elements that you need to drive those decisions forward? Yes. And uh, what will be your next uh, res bigger research uh, initiative from the jobs, uh, circular jobs initiative? So we're continuing to expand these insights. So really scaling the jobs monitor and adding more and more cities to there. And as I said, look, looking to talk to partners and speaking with them currently about expanding the number of indicators so we can create a richer picture. But really, one of our interests and focuses is in using these insights as a springboard to say, how can the circular economy promote entrepreneurship, better quality jobs, inclusive jobs? So looking at how uh, we can do that in particular in emerging markets. Okay. And just as a, a finishing question, what kind of uh, wish do you have for, for the circular economy in the future in a broader sense? I think my big wish and one of the main aims of the Circular Jobs Initiative is to make sure that uh, the impact on people or the implications for people by shifting industries, as well as the, the opportunities, are really um, front of mind for decision makers. So we've seen with the IPCC report that came out this week, there's are huge impacts on people or millions of people around the world already uh, from climate change and there's this need to adapt and bring in adaptation practices and many people already are but we really need to bring this social focus much more to the forefront and have it integrated into all of our targets um, have targets for training alongside every strategy because we know that none of these circular economy activities can be implemented if we don't have people and their skills to do it yes here here julie noted thank you and thank you very much for this interview. Thank you. And this already was episode five of our Reflow podcast. For further content and insights on circular and regenerative cities, go to reflowproject.eu. And thank you for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.